This is episode four of a Driven Tension podcast with your host, Ags Galant. Welcome to a Driven Tension podcast, where we chat all things health and well-being as you grow older and tackle the days of constant changes and busy schedules. Are you closer to mid-40s rather than 30s and feel like some things just aren't the same anymore? You are not alone. Me and my wonderful guests are here to inspire awareness around midlife, vitality, nutrition, and we explore healthy aging and self-care while helping you to navigate through the confusing world of wellness as you grow and bloom. So, dive deep, stay curious, Hey, hey, get inspired, so to today's and show. choose to age with intention. I have a special solo episode for you, and we're going to be talking about thriving. So not just living, but actually thriving as you age, as you grow older, living with intention, living healthily, live well and happily. I don't know if you managed to um, download, I have a free uh, download on my website called Thrive As You Age. And it's a it's quite an extensive guidebook and workbook that includes information about keystone habits and stuff that you can introduce into your day that will have an impact on your life today and tomorrow and the day after. So things to pay attention to and really think about things that you can use to create a better routine that will help you to thrive as you age, literally. It's called Thrive As You Age. There's a few different spots where you can download the document. And as I said, it's packed with practical tips, includes seven key habits that you may want to focus on when designing your intentional life as you age and then going into midlife. The reason I'm mentioning it is that in this episode, I'm going to introduce you to the first of the pillars of Thrive As You Age, and we're going to be talking about nourishment. So quite a few next episodes, I'll be focusing on one of the pillars and one of the cupboards I include in the free guide. So the information will be a little bit similar to what you find in the in the guide, in the workbook. But also I'll include fewer extra nuggets, and I bet that some of you prefer to listen, some of you prefer to read. So there's just extra option for you to have information in hand whenever you want to dive in and learn a little bit more and implement it into your days. Let's go ahead. So firstly, let's dive into a couple of uh, quick concepts that I wanted to point out here, which are not included in the guide. And one of them is intuitive eating. So there is so many wonderful movements out there at the moment that are related to eating on purpose, eating intuitively, listening to your body, understanding what your body needs and not rejecting certain foods, do not call foods good or bad, and kind of going with the flow and this whole anti-diet movement, right? So uh, if you are around wellness world or follow certain uh, people that talk about food or nutritionists, you probably came across that concept of intuitive eating. Now, I 
do love some of it. Uh, as a future nutritionist and nutritionist in training, I loved talking about food in a more open manner with a little bit more freedom. It's also quite linked to uh, mental health, which I obviously am advocate for well-being. Um, I also do love science behind nutrition. So a little caveat there from my side. Intuitive eating and eating with intention, it's its really, really wonderful, can be helpful. It is really, I love, what I love about it, it really promotes the idea of understanding and listening to your body and going with the cues that your body really sends you. Now, the one thing I do want to encourage is almost take it a step further, or maybe a little sideways step to also consider science of nutrition with it. So what it is, is understanding what food goes into your body, what certain foods do to your body, what do you need really to feel better, to thrive, how much really food we need, right? So just beyond understanding the cues of hunger and fullness, you also may want to understand and tap into things like, you know, what are the macronutrients, what each of it does to my body, what are the micronutrients I might need in my diet, if I don't have enough nutrients or certain nutrients, what do I feel? What does it do to my body? So having a little bit more of awareness around what is food and how food influences our body, how food helps us to feel a certain way, I think it's really crucial. And yes, I'm definitely up for eating intuitively, eating with intention but also understanding and having that backup of science and actual nutrition behind it. It's something that I'd like you and also the people, women that I work with, always incorporate and keep in mind when we talk about nourishment and eating, because this is a way to feel a little bit more empowered. This is the way to feel more in control about your eating choices, which in the long run really support your body, support your life and support how you feel around nutrition and what it really does to your body. The second concept I want to bring back is the idea of practical tips that I'm going to be sharing in a second is obviously wonderful and I hope that you'll find it useful. But one thing to mention it here is that there is no perfect diet for anyone. Everyone is different. Everyone's body biochemistry works in a different way. We are all individuals. What may work for me may actually not work for you. And this goes the same for your friend, for your sister, for your husband, for your children, for your neighbor. We are all very, very different. I'm not going to dwell into this very much, but this is partly the reason why certain diets just do not work on everyone. The way I say why we all different. So there are a couple of different factors um, to give you an example. One of them is genetics. So there are certain genes that can be switched on and off in your body that will uh, make you prone to potentially, let's say, digest faster and better fats as a macronutrient. The other person might have, for example, a particular gene SNP or particular gene mutation that will make them not be able to digest fat so well. So they will not definitely thrive on a high fat diet like keto, for example. Now, a lot of it is unless you do testing, you wouldn't necessarily know that this is your predisposition and, that, and finding out and being willing to learn this information about yourself and your body. It is one of the examples why our bodies are very, very different. 
The other example I want to bring up is is, is from a research and it is based on a study done a few years ago now. It was in 2015 uh, by ZV et al. And ZV done um, testing on individuals feeding them the same foods over a period of time and then having tested their microbiota and so the gut bacteria in your tummy, uh, having tested blood uh, for things like blood sugar levels and um, and other, other kind of biomarkers that are important. And what they've noticed is that everyone had different, almost different results. So for example, if um, one patient was eating a slice of bread or a banana, their blood sugar level might have spiked quite high, whereas the other person was actually presenting with quite stable blood sugar levels. Also, the same goes for gut bacteria. Different different people's gut microbiota was actually thriving on different foods. So it's not necessarily said that banana or bread might be good or bad for you, because it really becomes the matter of being individual. And we see a lot of wonderful projects, a lot of amazing research done these days. For example, if you look at um, Zoe's study, also similar things, just constantly bringing back the research and science behind it. So when we say that there is no perfect diet for all, it is actually really, really true. There is no perfect diet for all. Now, having said all of that, there are certain things that... Um, generic things that seem to be quite common when it comes to nutritional advice. And those are really common for different diets that you can follow and also very common that appear in the research and in studies done. And those are the things that are maybe deceptively simple. And uh, I may want to say they're probably something that you've definitely heard before, maybe even doing it, or maybe you're not doing it yet. But those are the kind of cornerstone and pillars of really healthy nutrition and nourishing your body and focusing on your on the nutrients that you're getting so you can actually live and run and do all the fun things that you are here to do. So let's get into the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, So four kind of main things that I wanted to bring up about nutrition It's obviously way, way more, but those are the things that I often see in my practice with my clients. And those are the things that repetitively are discussed in papers in terms of helping you to feel better today and also tomorrow. So let's dive into that. First of those um, pillars is knowing what you eat. Really kind of simple. Again, basically read your freaking labels question the freshness of your products. Make sure that you know where your food is coming from. And I'm not talking here about focusing on where your bag of crackers is coming from, but just be mindful of what type of meat you're buying, what type of eggs you're getting, what is this yogurt made from, does it have any additives, how much protein will I get by eating a portion of this food. Be quite curious about your food and also try to understand some educational piece around macronutrients and micronutrients that you need in your body so you can understand what really good nutrition for your body is. So it's about making conscious choices, making informed choices, knowing what is the amount of food that you actually need, how much is enough, and not only based on your quote-unquote gut feeling, so the fullness or hunger, but also 
knowing of, okay, if I'm getting 20 or 30 grams of protein, how do I feel after that? Do I feel better? Do I feel fuller than eating maybe five grams of protein in the morning? What does it do to my body? And how much of it should I have daily? What can I eat so I can nourish my body a little bit differently today? So asking all those questions, knowing what you eat, reading the labels, being informed, making conscious choices, basically having knowledge around nutrition so you can feel empowered and know that the food you're choosing is good for you and that you can actually grow and thrive and live the way you want to live with energy, with vitality, happily. Number two is you are in charge of your choices. So I often hear that so-and-so invite me out for dinner, the kids eating differently, my husband doesn't like it, in the office we always have those snacks. All of those are things that are outside, supposedly outside of your control. So your brain will always want to go for an easy option. And when it comes to food, there are so many easy options around you, right? So you have things that you can opt for, so it's so-called pleasure. It's easy to eat chocolate. It's easy to have a glass of wine after a hard day of work. It's easy to drink a cocktail or three on a Friday night when you're out. All of those things are easy, and our brain will always try to go with the familiar, with the easy path. So the challenge here is that it's much harder to set personal eating habits and resist that easiness. So that default that we so, so used to, right, after so many years, it's harder to do hard things and it's also doable. So in this point, what I want to make you sure you understand is to commit to nourishment, to commit to daily things, to commit to doing harder things, to commit again, to question your choices and to know that you are the one that is in charge of your diet. You are the one that will make certain food choices and then will need to take responsibility for it. It's not your husband. It's not your kids. It's not your office snacks. It's really you who is buying the food, who is deciding to take a piece of that food and put it in your mouth and after that, responsibility is really yours. So it's to stay really committed to nourishing. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have snacks, that you shouldn't eat all the, you know, delicious food. Like food is social. Food needs to be social. It's just what it, what it is. But I want you to be aware that this is your choice. Because what we often do is we create a scenario where we beating ourselves up for all the foods that we ate that weren't so good for us it's almost like we're blaming something external we're blaming someone else where in reality no one is really sitting there and shoving the food in your mouth it's really you doing the things and you making the choices so simple lesson here nourish your body daily think of what you're eating be sure you understand your choices. Be sure you back up your choices. If you decide to eat something less nourishing, be okay with that as well. Simple things that can help here is don't buy processed foods. So avoid the foods that you don't want to eat. I know it's so easy to buy and stock up on some goodies, but if you don't have it in hand, you probably will go for a different option. Processed foods, packaged, packaged meals, things that you cannot pronounce. 
get into habit of reading your labels and see what's in it. And if there's something there that you don't understand or can't pronounce, it's probably a good sign not to really eat it. There are exceptions and you will know when to use those exceptions. But as a generic rule, having this thought behind all your conscious choices, it really can make your um, life a little bit easier. I know it sounds simple and maybe too simple, but also it's not at the same time because it does require that kind of constant mental effort and being able to be on board with your own choices and knowing why you're doing it and what is the real reason why I decide to nourish myself this way today or in another way. Number three is keep things colorful. I think it's it's something that I've repeated probably a few times if you read my blog or follow me on Instagram. But one of the things that all the diets have in common is they all recommend eating more colors, eating more fruit and vegetables, more spices, more herbs, including something that it's called phytonutrients, which a lot of you will probably know as antioxidants. Um, so really including the whole array of different colors, different types of vegetables, um, and making sure that you have the variety during the week. So a good rule of thumb here, you probably heard of a rule of five a day, so five different fruits and veg a day. Some other people say 10 different fruits of veg a day. What I like to think about when I, when I talk to my clients around variety is aim for as much variety as you can in a week. Sometimes it's really hard to squeeze everything into one day. I do myself have days that I don't have five types of different vegetables a day, but maybe next day I'm going to have 10 or 15 and that's okay. So think about it instead of a day window, think about it over week time. The idea in more recent research is that we want to include around 30 different types of vegetables, plant-based foods a week. So it may seem like quite a lot, but just to remind you, what really is count as a plant food based would be any fruit or veg, any herbs, spices, even things like tea and coffee. Um, obviously, if you have coffee daily, you only count it once, right? So it doesn't really count, you know, 30 times 30 coffees, but it's basically including different types of foods or oh, also nuts and seeds. So when you think about it, Let's say for breakfast, you have a couple of different vegetables. For lunch, you might have three or four different things in your salad. Then you have something else, maybe a couple of different fruits for snack. You might already have five to 10 different types of, of, of plant food-based food in a day, which is amazing. So it does sound like quite a lot, but it's also something that it's doable. Now, I've created um, a while ago, I created something that it's called Keep It Colorful. It's a simple habit tracker that you can download on my website as well. And also, if you download the Thrive As You Age guide, there is a link to that as also. It's basically a simple habit tracker that is usable for you for three months. And you can track your different colors every day for a full month. So you can count your colors in a day just to make sure that you have all your different colors. So like purples and reds and greens. It's a really great exercise to do, for example, with kids or to do yourself to make sure that you understand and track what you're eating. You'll be quite surprised because when I did it myself first time, I thought, here I am, I'm getting all those different colors and nutrients. But actually, 
some of my days were heavily skewed towards one color and maybe went two or three in a, days in a row that I didn't include anything orange or yellow or whatever the other color was. So it's a really nice way to see what you're getting and also just have it kind of black and white because our minds can play trick on us. It's really easy to basically miss this sort of things. So our memory, it's a bit sketchy sometimes, isn't it? So takeaway here, really make sure that you include as many different colors as possible and that it's easier to think about it as a whole week and spread it out. Now, one tip here, and it's linked to one of the points I said at the very start, is with the gut microbiota. A little fun fact is that all your large intestine is obviously filled, filled with millions and millions of gut bacteria. And all of those bacteria, not all of those, but different types of them will thrive on different foods. So for example, there is a um, taxa, we call them taxa, so a type of different bacteria would be thriving on your apples and maybe seeds and, and something will be more prone to liking dairy and meat, etc. So all those different bacteria like different foods. So think about the more different foods you get, the more varied your gut micro microbiome will be, which is usually linked to being beneficial. Having said that, a caveat, um, that's the thing with the nutrition. The more you learn, it's always a little caveat. There's always something, so a little side note. But having said that, there are certain fruit and vegetables that are not recommended on different diets or for different conditions. So you might have the imbalance of gut microbiota or issues with digestion. So there are certain plants that obviously will have more therapeutic effect so will help you and certain plans that are recommended to be avoided but this is very again down to personalized preference to personalized health uh, we're talking very generically that uh, variety and different types of vegetables are generally highly recommended and good for you and the last point i want to add number four is include your protein these days, the problem really with all the convenient foods and meals in the restaurants and prepackaged foods and quick meals is that they usually taste very good. So they're palatable flavor. They may be sweet. They may be nice, salty and oily, whatever that is. And all they have in common mostly is that they packed with carbohydrates. So what we do, including all the fruit and vegetables, especially fruit, but obviously as carbohydrates, right, which we often forget, our diet in a day, in a week, tend to be packed with this kind of dominating macronutrients, carbohydrates. Now, this, as I said, makes our diet quite carbohydrate heavy, whether we like it or not. And when you think of all the breads and cookies and crackers and baked goods that we have, including even including, you know, maybe people overdose on fruit, it just makes it very carb heavy. That often comes with having imbalance with other micronutrients, so potentially fats and protein. And what I want to focus on here is the protein. So the protein is often considered golden macronutrients, but it's actually it's not only recommended for bodylifters and athletes. So what it is, it's an important macronutrient that really is a building block for all your organs, all your tissues, muscles, joints, etc. And 
that really matters as you grow older because your muscles and joints really need to stay healthy, right? You've probably heard of theory that we lose, slowly start to use beyond our age 30, 35, we actually start to lose muscle mass. So it is important that we do provide our body with building blocks like protein to make sure that we, if we're not building, then at least we're maintaining our muscle mass, our tissues and our organs. And protein also plays a huge role in feeling full. So if you include your protein with your meal, it is helping with stabilizing your blood sugar levels, keeping you full for longer. So the slower digestion happens when you include your protein. Protein is quite a intense macronutrients for your body to digest so it takes way longer than to digest carbohydrates and this is part of the reason why uh, we do feel fuller after let's say breakfast of scrambled eggs versus just simple cereal blood sugar levels are also quite important especially if you may be entering a period of perimenopause or menopause because your hormones basically mess with your body and um, a lot of hormonal imbalances happening so to make sure that we have stable blood sugar it's actually becomes really really crucial at that age as well now in terms of practicalities of it to maintain healthy level of of protein But again, going back to one of my first points, understanding what your body needs and knowing where your protein will come from really will make your job much easier. If I'm going to eat a chicken breast for dinner, how much protein will that give me? If I'm going to have two eggs for breakfast, what is my balance of protein for the day? So understand, okay, this is the number I need for my to, to, to maintain my health. And this is how much my meals today gave me. Have I met this goal? Have I met this number? So just to try to think a little bit around what my body needs and am I giving my body everything that it needs? According to British Nutrition Foundation, and and this is the data that has been around for a while, to keep your daily minimum of protein is around 0.8 grams per kilo of your body. Many recent studies, however, recently have been pointing out that even higher amount of protein is recommended, especially for those aging. So an easier way to potentially think about protein amount and conversion would be to aim for a minimum of one gram per kilo of your weight, um, which, you know, obviously makes it an easy count. So for example, if you weigh 65 kilos, you would want to aim for around minimum 65 grams of protein, of quality protein daily. Again, some people, we all different and some people may benefit from higher amount of protein and maybe depends what your goals are. Often if you are aiming to build more muscles or maybe you have particular fitness goals that you're meeting, you often hear in the literature that you want to maybe increase protein even more. So there's a lot of studies out there that tells you that even eating one and a half, two grams of protein, and that's absolutely normal for, for some individuals as well. But this is what we're talking about here is the minimum that you should aim for to keep your body healthy, uh, to maintain that health and to make sure that um, you avoid anything like muscle wasting as you grow older. So some great sources of complete protein um, would include things like, you know, obviously your meat, so animal products or poultry For example, chicken breast, uh, any fitness professional's favorite, probably very little amount of fat, um, high quality of protein, obviously zero carbs. That's a healthy option. Uh, Also things like your plant-based 
right? A whole array of plant-based protein like tofu, tempeh. Tempeh is so underrated, I think. It's it's not everyone's favorite due to taste, but it's actually very high in protein and good quality protein. Eggs, beans, chickpeas, legumes, mix them with some grains for complete protein. Things like seeds and nuts or hemp seeds, really good. Walnuts, almonds, those are your things that are giving you healthy combination of protein Um, and also your option could be a protein powder right if you want to if you feel like oh i'm not having a full meal but i want to top up my protein i want to eat more of it protein powder could be an easy way to add um, some health to your diet you can either have a quick shake or you can maybe mix a scoop like 10 or 20 grams with your porridge or add it to your eggs whatever it's easy for you but that's one of the options that i i personally quite like to use if I know I might not meet my protein goal for the day, or maybe I, I just want a quick, healthier snack and I want to feel quite full after, this is something I just always keep in hand. Um, there is loads and loads of beautiful brands out there now. Always look for something that doesn't have any additives. Uh, you don't need any sugar and protein powder. So just choose your favorite flavor of your favorite brand and just give it a go and and see how you feel. Also notice if you feel anything different, if your protein has been quite low and you now feeling a little bit, you know, better or worse, notice the symptoms, right? See how you feel. Give it a week or two and observe what your what your body feels. So those are the four things um, and habits that you can start implementing today, which will help you to thrive with intention and build better habits and create a better nutritional journey for yourself as you grow older. So to recap, we talked about four different things. Number one, know what you eat. So read your labels, feel empowered through knowledge and understand what are the micronutrients and micronutrients and why do you need each of them and what do they give to your body? Number two, that you are the one making choices. So no one else. Take responsibility for your food choices and stay accountable. Number three, keep it colorful. So remember, variety is the key there. And aim for 30 different plants a week. And I know it's a big number, but again, start small. Make sure you track your colors, your different types. Do it for a week or two and then see how you're going with it. And number four, add in more protein. So if you feel like your protein is a little bit low, or if you often feel hungry after meals and maybe have cravings, definitely look into this area of your eating. Make sure you get three nice meals packed with protein a day um, and your muscles and your joints and your organs and everything inside you will be grateful for that change. So in my guide, Thrive As You Age, you also will find a few reflective exercises that I Uh, find with my clients are very helpful so we talked all about those practical changes and things that you can do to implement and to start to see its difference and um, to feel a little bit better in your day but then you also need a moment to pause right you need to reflect on it you need to see where the moments that I need to pivot where are the places where where is the spot in my day that I can actually make changes what will that change make me feel? What am I going to get if I um, swap 
this to that, right? So those are the reflective practices that are quite important because they also will drive and they will motivate the change. So I give you an example of two um, just here on this podcast, but for more, make sure you go ahead to my website and download the guide so you can actually do those exercises in full. One of my favorite is really keeping a simple food journal. Now, it might sound a bit daunting, and I know some of you probably scream, you know, I don't want to count calories, I don't want to count this and that, I don't want to know. But actually, knowing what you're eating starts with really knowing what you're eating. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit uh, weird, but we often don't remember. If someone will ask you, you know, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? I wonder if you'll be able to tell me. Keeping a journal and making sure that you know about your food choices is a great idea to really start to notice what are the amounts that you're eating? Is there any particular reason why you're eating something? Or uh, what are your portions like? Uh, how are your protein levels? All of this stuff can really be helpful when you start to create a food journal. Now you can do that by doing something electronic, which is super easy, like using an app, or you can do that just by jotting down in your iPhone or your um, you know, notebook, whatever, whatever it's easier. And just notice, stay open-minded, definitely be try to remain not judgmental about your eating choices. Be honest, right? So include all those chips and crackers and whatever goes. And just be curious about your habits. And after three or four days, make sure you include a weekend in there. Just see, see what you see. Is there any patterns? Is there anything uh, that you've noticed? Is there a little bit more food that you think you may be having? Or did you overestimate or did you underestimate? It's a really good reflective exercise to make sure you start looking at your eating habits. And that's something that um, a coach, uh, I work on that with some of my clients as well. When we look into a kind of that food journey of a few days or weeks, and we look into patterns together and we can see what's, what's really going on there. Are you getting enough nutrients? Are you eating certain foods at certain time of the day? Is there some kind of pattern? Is there some kind of habit going on there? And mostly, is it something that you want to change? Does it, does it make you feel good or does it really just kind of cut your energy in the middle of the day? So those are some good um, questions you can, you can ask yourself there. And the next exercise is really, it's kind of a fun one, but it's really jotting down about four or five or six different recipes that you usually make for yourself or for your family and brainstorm different ways you could boost their nutritional value. So for example, think of things like, can I add a different veg in there? Can I swap maybe different proteins? So if you're always using chicken, can you maybe use fish for that? Can I add different herbs or spices? How about using things like boosting nutritional value with some seeds or nuts or miso paste, for example? There's so many different ingredients you can you can do and you can swap. And it's quite a fun exercise to do maybe at, an, at the end of your day when you just feel a little bit more reflective and you want to maybe create a little bit of a meal plan for your next week. So start with four or five different recipes and see how you can make them even more nutrient dense for you. So to get the best uh, bang for your back there. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this first um, Thrive As You Age uh, chapter on nourishment. 
I'd love to hear if you make any changes, if you implemented anything fun, if anything sparked for you after listening to this episode. And maybe you already have some practices that you are doing and you would love to share with me. I'm always happy to hear and I'm sure the others listening would love that too. If you want to, you can obviously go ahead to my website at www.andbloom.co and click on downloading my Thrivers UH guide. So you will find um, a lot of what we talked about today around nourishment and also another six chapters, which we will talk about in the upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in today, my friend. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now, if there is anything that you want to know or if there is any questions that you would like to ask, I absolutely love to hear from you. And what you can do is to go to my website and click on the podcast tab in the main menu and you will find a section and space to easily submit your question to me. You can do that either via a quick voicemail that will be sent directly to me or by completing a quick questionnaire. It really matters to me and I answer all the questions and I know that all the audience also benefit from it. So don't be shy, go ahead and ask the question and I can't wait to get it answered for you here on air. Thank you for tuning in and I wish you the courage and health to age with intention. <laughs>